everybody. Welcome back to the Donald and Donald Podcast. Double D. <laughs> yeah, we are coming at you straight off script. Giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Yeah, let's go ahead and pull up a chair and chop it up. Oh my goodness, we got another smoking hot episode lined up for you. Listen, we got the men's and women's college hoops. We got to go over that. Nick Saban retires. No one saw that one coming. We're going to have to chop up the games and the developments that's going on in the association. And we got that dynamic duo award of the week. One of the most favorite parts of the show. Demon man, let's start right here, baby. Men's college basketball. Look at this one. Man, Central Florida, they upset Kansas 65 to 60. What that's about? Uh, Any given Sunday. Just that any given Sunday type thing, um, you can lose any game. You got to come in, uh, play your best game every time. And it's just they just didn't have it. They didn't play their best. Um, and they got caught. They got caught sleeping. Yeah, I can feel you on that and everything. Kansas, they still doing uh, pretty good. Uh, ranked at number three at a, a 13 and two. And when you look at that, um, I guess that the usual people like look at what we got. Uh, three out of the five was in double digits. So it wasn't a bad game. Adams, he had 10. Color, he had 16. And Dickinson, he had 12. Uh, but you only got five out of the other starter, Harris. And it looks like no points at all out of Jackson. Can't do that. You yeah. expect to win. Yeah, and Harris is a big part of what they're going to be trying to do down there. He's their leader as far as the guard and he's been in the program for a while now he was on that i want to say that last championship team uh that they won a couple years back um like i said just a it wasn't a bad game overall it's just y'all didn't do enough and the guys who's big who has big roles on your team didn't show up right i got you and then when you think about kansas you think about a very elite basketball team and we know they're going to be there at the end and everything but when you got games like this it's kind of a wake up moment because you're going to get your best shot from everybody that's coming at you just because your name you feel me yeah Okay, check this out. Hey, uh, Mississippi State man they popped number 5 Tennessee 77 to 72. Hey, when you look at the record Mississippi State is 12 and 3, Tennessee is 11 and 4, but I don't think Mississippi State is ranked. Yeah, they're not ranked right now. Um, this game should help them out. Uh, they started off the season ranked, mm-hmm. and then they lost a, a bad. They lost a couple bad games early on. Um, but this game should help them get back into the ranks. A big win. Uh, this week was upset week. Really, you got one, two, three, and five all going down this week alone. Right, right. And, you know, I like to dig into it and cut it up a little bit more. When you look at at, at Tennessee and uh, they start in five, man, you had two people in double digits. Zegler with 26, Nitch with 28, and then James, three, two, nine. You can't do that, man. You only got two people scoring. I mean, it ain't nothing else coming on. And, and, and it's, it's amazing, or I should say more surprising, that they only lost by five with, two, with only two main scores on the floor for Tennessee this night. It looked like that's just the way it was falling. Um, it looked like nobody else could really get their shots to go mm-hmm. get to going. And then um, just they, it looks like they were hot. It looked like they were feeding the hot hands. Uh, but when you get in a close game like this one, you need just a little bit more because it looks like it was the same thing on the other side as well. Uh, two 20-point scores and then the rest in single digits. Right. So when you have that going on, you just need somebody else to step up somewhere to uh, 
help out those two. They just didn't get it that night. Right. And then when you look at Mississippi State, man, Hubbard, he gave him 25 points off the bench. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you can get real good bench play, that's going to help you out, man. It's no matter who you're playing against and on what given night. Well, check about this one, man. Because I know how you feel about Clemson. And Clemson, they're not in, they don't have a bad record. They're at 11 and 4, ranked number 21. Uh, but uh, it, they're kind of flying up under the radar. They did lose this one uh, against Virginia Tech. But how you feel about your Clemson team, baby? Talk to uh, them. They were, they were playing hot early on. Like, they was playing good. Uh, before this, I want to say before this last stretch, the only loss that came to came against Memphis. But now they're on a three-game losing streak. Uh, ever since we started ACC play, they've lost to Miami, North Carolina, and then this game against Virginia Tech. Uh, we know how the ACC is. Uh, competition level is a little higher. Um, they just got to figure it out. I do like their team. I think they got some good players in there. P.J. Hall, Hunter. Uh, like They got some good things. The Hunter brothers, uh, they just got to get it consistent on a night-in, night-out basis. Right, right. So after dropping those games, like I say, hopefully they'll take and have a comeback, you know, and tighten up on it. And, you know, we're going to be talking about them a little bit more. When we look at this game here, the next one we got lined up, <clears throat> this was a high-flying game, man. You had uh, Memphis 107 and University of Texas San Antonio 101. It wasn't no defense played in this game, was it? Uh, they went to overtime. They got a little extra. They had a little extra time to put up points, but still, it it, it was a high scoring game. It was um up and down, but I know how Memphis runs. That's the type of game they want to play, and I'm just happy Penny got himself some guys. He got himself some guys uh, who bought in. Uh, JQ's down there now, uh, who started out at Villanova, went to Alabama, so he's been around. He's a seasoned college basketball player. Um, they got some. They're doing some good things. They're sitting at number 13, uh, 14 two on the season. It's gonna be interesting to see how far they could go after having so much problems in prior season. Right. And then when you look at when you look at the stat line and everything they got, man, every last one of their starters was in double digits, man. So Penny got them balling now. Yeah. So you think he got what he has to make a long run when it comes to March? Um, they can. They and that's the thing too. You got a leader in JQ. And mm-hmm. you've got some young, talented players on your team. Um and like I said, they bought in. They bought into the team aspect of the game. And that can be dangerous when you get into it's one and done, you know? Right, exactly. Now, you know we got to talk about this game, baby. UNC, them North Carolina Tar Heels, baby, against NC State. You know how big of a rival this is. But check this out. UNC beat NC State 67-54. to 54. Chop it up. Uh, not the game. If looking, at, looking at numbers, you think we'd lose this game. Right. Uh, we only had two people in double digits, and that was R.J. Davis, who had a struggling night as far as putting the ball in the basket, and then Elliot Cadeau, who's not a scorer on this team. He's more of our facilitator. Um, but things like Harrison Ingram giving us 19 rebounds uh, out of that 3-4 position, that's big. Um, Second man, chance points. Armando Baycott. Uh, he, he got still, an early foul trouble, didn't he? Yeah, he's still been quiet this season. Um, this game didn't help really. Uh, but it was just Jaden Washington came in, helped out on the boards. It was things like that. And I want to say we caused a lot of turnovers this game. Do you feel that Baycott is losing his focus or he's or, 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 or they just shut him down this game? I think he's just getting lost in the shuffle. Because he's a premier scorer. He has to score in order for North Carolina to be successful. Yeah, I think it has getting, to happen. I think he's just getting lost in the shuffle uh, with R.J. Davis 
coming out so hot early on. Harrison Ingram and some of these transfers coming in and taking more of that offensive role um, that we didn't really have these type guys last year. Other, It was Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Armando. It was just those three. Now you have uh, RJ. We got Rojak. We got Ryan. We got Ingram. We got Cadeau. You know, it's, we still got Trimble. So it's just a lot more. It's a lot less opportunities for us to just feed him consistently. But we got to find a way to get him going, though. Right. So when you think about it, uh, UNC got three losses on the season. Would you call them quality? Yeah. Okay. All three was Villanova, UConn, Villanova, UConn, and um, who was that third loss? Kentucky. All mm-hmm. teams, I want to say, UConn, I want to say, sitting at four. Kentucky sitting at six. Uh, and I'm not sure about Villanova, but it, that's a great program. We know about how they run their situation out there. Um, so I, I think it was cool. I think they're all fine losses, and they came early enough in the season to where we learn from them and we can keep going. Okay, we're going to get back to them in one second, but let's not uh, uh, forget about uh, how about DJ Burns, number 30 for NC State. Uh, he was he was, he was doing some things. He had 11 points on there. You know, he was kind of battling down there, making some things happen on that, right? Yeah, that's that big man. He's right, exactly. He around. Uh, yeah, he seems to be the heart of the team, man. He was out there balling. Yeah. Um, they, it looks like NC State has kind of took a step back this year mm-hmm. um, compared to the years prior. They, I think they had built something nice, especially last year. Uh, it just looks like they're, they're trying to figure out who can give him a hand as far as scoring. Because if he has games like this, it's hard for him to win. Exactly. He, yeah, he had to have a little bit more uh, point production when it comes to that. Uh, and I said I was going to get back to UNC for a second before we move on to the next game. Listen, go ahead and give me uh, your evaluation at this point in time on Hubert Davis, his performance, and his head coaching on what's happening with that. Tell me how you feel about it, man. Um, If you just break it down by year, first year was an amazing job. He came in, did an amazing job. Made it to the finals. Getting him to the finals. Second year was a it was a disappointing season. Um, and I don't think he made the right adjustments throughout that year uh, to get these guys to to fix the problems that we had. Um, I think he just let them go out there and play their game. This year, this year I think he's more willing to give other people chances, or just realizing that it's not a one man, two man show. It's a full team effort. Uh, he does make changes. Um, some it, It's not a big rotation thing. It's not like he's sitting in three, four, or five at a time. Uh, he sends in a guy who can make a difference, whether it's a guy who can start getting turnovers or a guy who can help bake out on the, on the boards, a guy who can come in and, and hit a three, four. It's things like that that I'm seeing he's doing. Um, and I do like the thing of getting the ball out of R.J. Davis's hands. Uh, and letting Kado run more of that facilitator role on the team. Um, now, it's just going to be, can we keep it going? Can we keep this up? Can we stay consistent throughout this back half of the year going into March? Right, because when you look at the stat line again, listen, this offensive production was low, man. And on any given night, if anybody else hit a couple more threes or they took in, you know, uh, they got a hot hand going in there, it's a possibility that they could have lost that game, but they didn't. So we're going to keep it exactly where it is and keep our eyes on it. Now, this next game right here, uh, uh, listen, uh, UConn is at ranked number four at 14-2. and two, And I think they're flying a little bit up under the radar, man. Uh, but they beat Xavier uh, 
Uh, UConn beat Xavier 80 to 75 on this game. How you feel about uh, UConn and what they're doing? Because they got a squad out there, man, with four out of the five of their starters in double digits. Yeah, uh, they're they're defending champs. Right. They're defending champs. They did lose their leader in Jordan Hawkins last year. But I think there's, college basketball is more about coaching. Mm-hmm. It's more about coaching and, and getting a system in place. And they've obviously done that. Um, they got to the, you know, they got to the championship last year and it wasn't close. Like, they blew them boys out. Um, so, you know, um, it's that that thing of recency bias. Um, you look at it, they, they, they took into account that they did lose their best player last year, thinking that they won't be the same caliber of team. Obviously, they are. Obviously, they are. And UConn came on strong at the end last year, so now they're coming in hot at the beginning. Um It'll be interesting to see what they can do. They got a bunch of guys who just... And that's the thing. They don't have the big names. They don't have those stars that you hear of when you talk about college basketball. Right. And I think sometimes when you think about that, that's actually a good thing. Because now you're getting down and you're just doing teamwork. It's a team effort. Everybody is contributing. And that way, I feel that you cannot isolate one player all the time. Think about it, you know, isolate just the, your main score on one team your, or this on the other one, your three-point shooter or whatever the situation on another team, and it's easier to defeat those type teams. But when you got that group effort, you, your chances of winning immediately increases. Yeah, it makes it harder to defend when everybody's a legit threat on the floor. Well, not even, you know, just a threat as far as we're willing to give people the open looks. Absolutely. Okay, before we go to the ladies, listen, game to watch, UNC and Syracuse. They, that game is in the near future. How you feel about uh, that and everything? They can't play like they played this last game, but who you got winning that one? Um, I got us I got us walking away uh, pretty comfortably. You know, I, I don't feel too much worried about this one. Um, I think RJ has a bounce back game because he has kind of fell off of that 20-point scoring streak that he was doing earlier in these past couple games. I think he comes back. Um, we're just going to have to see what type of team shows up. We can't, Like you said, we can't have this game uh, with only two people in double digits and things like that. We got to get we got to get the shots going early. And I think we got to get Baycott involved somehow. Right. And there has to be on the early side of the game, too, as well, right? Yeah. Because it, it kind of looked like uh, NC State had a plan, uh, and they got him in early foul trouble. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's, they, when they, you got they, a big man, they got a big man down there who can bang against Baycott. Right. So if they got somebody like that, he can, it, you know, it can be a problem. Okay, well, that's cool. You know we're going to watch that game and everything, and then we report on it. That's what we do. Ladies, you know we have not forgot about you, baby. College hoops women's style college women's basketball here we go listen now we got this situation right here you had that ACC matchup with NC State and Virginia Tech now that was a one point game both of these teams are smoking red hot right now NC State is 14 and 2 Virginia Tech is 13 and 2 and we know who they are. You know, they made a real a deep run uh, uh, last year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Virginia Tech edged them out 63-62 to 62 over NC State. What you think? Um, these are two good teams. Uh, this is a quality win for Virginia Tech. Um, and like I ACC, man, is where the best basketball is played. It's, I honestly do believe that. Um, they got a big game from Kitley. Uh, it's Virginia Tech. Amore had a great game. Um, inefficient, but it still resulted in 21 points. 
Um, in NC State, they just struggled to get anything going outside of Hayes. Um, and that and that's basically what it came down to. Great game, though, one point game. Uh, NC it could have went different if somebody else stepped up just a little bit for NC State. Exactly. You got it. Listen, you know we got to talk about number one, South Carolina. Listen, they 15-0. <laughs> you know, they still blazing hot and making it do exactly what it do. They knocked off uh, Mississippi State 85-66. to uh, But, you know, got to report on a girl, Cadoza, with the double-double. We love the double-D. 13 points, 14 rips, making it do exactly what needs to happen. Uh, I like the discipline of uh, what Don Staley is doing as far as the team. Uh, they're very consistent in everything. One thing that I always take and think about, though, when you think about a number one team and a, a winning record with no losses up there yet, uh, they gunning for you every single night. So uh, how you feel they're going to be able to keep this thing up? It's nothing new to them. Yeah. It's nothing new to them. They've been here before. Uh, most of these people have been on this team multiple years, and then the freshmen are getting to – Don Staley knows how to convey that message to, to her players. She has a kind of no-nonsense – type of attitude to it like they're not they're not when you take team pitches you're not allowed to throw up your fingers you're not allowed to just sit there smile look nice um when you play she lets you play your game but at the same time you got to give her that effort that she demands up and down the court they got people in the league like Aaliyah Boston who still keeps in contact with them with their players uh Cardoza mentioned that a while back that Aaliyah Boston is a big part still a big part of this team um just being a mentor and being there for them so i'm not concerned about them um clear final four team in my eyes we do understand how upsets work it can happen on any given night i just think the formula is in place and they have the talent to get this thing see it all the way through right full Wally on the head uh, 9 points with 14 minutes that night rotation type situation just cause they, be- they benches a little bit deeper than everybody else's and everything because that's a light night yeah she's um she's kind of, I think I, I honestly think Daly's trying to rein her in a little bit mm-hmm. cause you, the, her play style can be a little dangerous cause she's so used to getting to wherever she wants to get to um, these are still D one athletes. Everybody, you know what I'm. It, it's it's that kind of trying to rein her in, trying to calm her down. We, you got the talent, you got the skill. That's not a problem. It's learning how to play the game a different way. Right, and it seemed to me like she came off the bench. The next game the South Carolina plays against is against uh, Miz Missouri. Uh, more more minutes, more play. That game starting possibly for Paul Wiley. I think she's been coming off the bench for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, more minutes definitely not. I think she'll play as a better game anyway. Two for five is uh, she just got to get some more shots up. You know, it's a field thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not worried about her, though. You know, in women's, you got three years anyway. So I don't think it's a rush thing. You don't got to rush it. Right. I got you. And that makes a lot of sense. So we're going to keep an eye on that and everything, especially with the number one uh, uh, women's uh, basketball team, you know, that's out there with South Carolina, man. We're gonna definitely going to keep our eyes on it and keep it moving on it. Listen, now, you know, you got LSU. Uh, they taking that sixteen and one with that one loss uh, being against the, the Colorado Bluffs, man. The women's they just yeah, caught them off guard, man. Yeah. They really, really did. Uh, they beat Ole Miss this night, eighty four seventy three. But when I look down uh, through the little stat line on this one and everything, Angel Reese she continues to do her thing. Uh, Flaja Johnson she continues to do her thing. But the whole starting uh, five double digits, baby. 
Yeah, we 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 know what they could do. Um, the only thing with them is, can they get more production out of their bench? Um, you got one point from three players off your bench in a combined twenty seven minutes for them. Is is and when you get to the, it's the same thing we talk about with Caitlin Clark. Uh, it's a little different just because it's mainly we think about just her versus these guys have five legit starting you know starting options um but it's still that same thing when you run into a South Carolina who possibly can hit you with two different squads of people who can go out there and give you 10 plus you got to get more from you got to get more from your bench it's taking it so right now it seems to me like LSU is, is, is riding this wave they doing a good job with it man but I don't know it seems like it's going to kind of slow down because I think right now it's a little bit of smoke there because they they getting these wins we do know that and they're a very good team but like you said uh with no production off your bench and everything uh, I don't I don't know if they're going to get as far as they did last year, man. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. But um, they do got a big game against South Carolina coming up on the 25th. Uh, they can they can win out these next four games, I think, and get to that one with this same 14-1 and record. This, this is going to be a big statement game for both of these teams. Absolutely. Now, check this out, though. The next game, the absolute next game for LSU is Texas A&M. And they're not a shabby team, man. They're 13-2. Do you think that's going to be the second loss for LSU? I'm just asking. Um, It can happen, but I just – not if they come out and play their game. Just the everybody does their job, I think they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I definitely want to see that one and everything because I think, like like I said earlier, I don't know how mu- how much longer they're gonna be able to do that and everything, and, and you know, and, and pull out these wins when it, it, it kind of seems like they should probably be losing a couple of these games. But hey, they not. So hey, if they winning, they winning. Hey, you know what we got to do, right? We got to get that uh, Juju Watkins update, baby. Okay, USC. 13 and 1. We don't see a lot of those games, man, being where we at and everything. Uh, but listen, they still handling their business. They took care of Oregon this night. 68 to 54. Talk to me about Juju. Uh, this is one of her slower stock. It was one of her lower type games. Um, she had 17. It wasn't necessarily efficient, but she gave you six assists and nine rebounds as well. Right. To go with that. Um, just she's a pro, man. She's a pro, and it's and it's crazy that she's so young. She's coming in just now, and and it looks like she has no problem adjusting to the game. Um, USC's only loss is to UCLA, who's ranked number two in the nation. Uh, who's who's another team that kind of goes up under the radar, which is crazy to say with them being number two, but you don't hear a lot of people talking about them. Um, and they, I think they have a rematch coming up next game against this team. So see if they can bounce back uh, and get that, um, avenge that early loss. But it's exciting, man. It's gonna be an exciting three years to watch Juju. Yeah, and you, hey, listen, you had already said on the previous podcast, look out for you know, because what nothing really said at the beginning, but you had already had heard about that. And it's interesting that you said US uh, UCLA being at number two because they're fifteen and zero. Hasn't lost a game yet, uh, and they took care of Oregon State, sixty-five to fifty-four. Uh, I need to know as far as UCLA uh, uh, goes and uh, the women's basketball team. What makes this train go? Team, just team. Um, I want to say they got at least four or five guys, uh, women, averaging double, ladies, <laughs> averaging double digits on this team. It's that same. It's that. 
Yeah, I love like you like you said, team with UCLA. You had Betts ten, Osborne fifteen, Rice thirteen, and Jones twelve. That's four out of the five starters right there in double digits. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. They're all averaging around. Yeah, their center's the only one who doesn't average thirteen plus in that starting lineup. So it's showing that any given night. Their leading scorer only averages 16. So it's on any given night, any one of these girls can give it to you. Right. And they've understood that. Absolutely, man. I love it. I love it. We already told you that it was going to be an exciting season, man. A wonderful season in women's sports. Women's college Basketball is smoking red hot. But don't worry, we ain't finished yet. You know we got to talk about who? My girl Cameron Brinks, baby. Okay, Stanford, number eight, 15, with only one loss, went up against Washington and took care of them 71 to 59. What my girl Cameron Brink do? Only thing she did was drop a double-double. She had 16 points with 16 rebounds in 26 minutes. Still making it do exactly what it needs to be done. Yeah, that's she. She's one of those. Um, she should be in the conversation for Player of the Year. Absolutely. The, when it come, when it all comes down to it, her uh, game is amazing. We know who's at the top of that list, though. We know who is going to be hard to overcome. Logo. It's going to be hard <laughs> to overcome that, that. But um, it's great to see them. Um, it's a lot of teams this year who can make some noise when it comes to March, and I think it's going to make for some interesting matchups. Um, I'm just looking forward to this next game for Stanford. Uh, they got Utah. Mm, and, them Utes. And you know how I feel about Lisa Pilly out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it should be an interesting game. Um, I, I, I'd love to see the matchup between them two just going at it. Um, Absolutely, man. You know we're going to keep our eye on it and everything. I guess when I think about Cameron Brink, man, I just want to talk about it for a couple more seconds. It's, I just love her game. First of all, she hustles up and down the court. She does the things that she needs to do. She's a center. She's a great free throw shooter, and she wipes the boards every night, man. Yeah. Okay? She's a special type of person, man, when, when you get out there. And you're going to have to give her some attention if you want to beat this Stanford team at all. But she keeping them up there, but she's not doing it by herself, you know? She's still having help off the bench and her starters and the people that's playing beside her, they're all contributing. Like you said, team. You feel me? Yeah, they got Kiki Airframe up there. Like, they, it's, that's the thing. It's not just her, but they have a great leader in her simply simplified the game she's not trying to do too much she's taking what defenses give her and giving everything on the other side of the ball as well yep yep and i love it you know we're gonna have to talk about the lady tar heels baby the women unc tar heels they took care of them notre dame 61 57. But I'm looking at this game and everything, and Deja Kelly only had six points. But us be she had only had seven, but she had eleven rebounds. Okay. Yeah, Notre Dame might have been a little bit of shorthanded this night. Uh, but we need a little bit more t- production out of the center for UNC. Yeah. Uh I we we need more period, and that's kind of been the thing with this team all year. Um it, it, some these they just gotta step up. Mm-hmm. They gotta step up outside them because we're not gonna win a lot of games with Daisy Kelly shooting three for fourteen. Right, just being honest. Um, and it looks like it was a bad shoot. Four for eleven, three for thir- three for fourteen, three for ten from three of your starters is not 
uh, uh, recipe to win games. Yeah. It might have been we benefited from them having a short bench this mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. It's not going very well, but we did get a big game off the bench um, from Navar. India Navar, Navar, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Yeah, 16 did, points, man. She did come off the bench and give us much needed 16. Right. Without that, we lose this game. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's what I, that's all it is. We just need people like this to step up going down the stretch. You know it. And listen, you know, before we wrap this thing up, we got to talk about a girl. Logo Caitlin Clark. Okay. Iowa 16 and 1, ranked number three. Took care of Purdue this night, uh 96-71. We know who, who who Caitlin Clark is and we love her here. You know what I'm talking about at the Donald Donald podcast. That's what we talk about, that's what we do. But I'm just loving the fact, even this night, she had 26 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds, triple double. But I'm just loving the fact of she got help now. It looked like the starters are waking up. She getting more production off the bench, and they're coming together because you know she can't do it all by herself. And this was the one thing that we continuously talk about over and over again. She's going to need help to get it done. Oh, yeah. If they give her games like this down the stretch, uh, it's going to be a tough – it's going to be tough for people to beat this team. Um, nobody nobody has a Caitlin Clark on their team. Let's just go out there and say that. Nobody has a Caitlin Clark on their team. But where they would be able to compete with this Iowa team – is the fact of everywhere else. Uh, the the better teams, like we were just talking about the UCLA's. We talked about the South Carolinas. Uh, we talk about the Stanford's. They have more than one person. They do it as a team, and those are the teams that are with the, the LSU's, even with their starting five. They're the teams that are... We've seen it last year. They're a team that's a threat to Iowa because you... Not isolated, you know, but you limit what she can do. You can probably box and want it. You you limit. You kind of limit what she can. You don't let her just play her game. You don't right. let her just get her shots. Not in respect to wins. Yeah, you you limit her, and, and you got a good roster. Not just a couple good, a good roster. That's the formula to beat this Iowa team. Right, you're right. And that makes sense. Now, when I look at that, the next uh, game that uh, Iowa has <clears throat> is against Indiana. And uh, two out of the last games, that was only decided by two points or less. I think this next game is going to really test Iowa and what, they, uh, what they're what they about or what they're able to do. Uh, I think they're gonna, uh, Indiana is going to give them a real run for their money, man. Who do you think you got pulling out of that one? Um, It's hard to not. It's hard to bet against Caitlin Clark, mm-hmm. um, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, they got a senior out there in Indiana, Mackenzie Holmes, who's averaging about twenty point seven rebounds. Um, so it's going to be how, like I said, what type of team shows up for Iowa? Is it the Caitlin Clark show? Or are we going to play Hawkeyes basketball? Right, exactly. And then and another game to watch for uh, ladies uh, college basketball. You got UNC uh, versus Florida State. Turn on. Okay, so I'm really hoping, I'm really eager to see in this particular game, man, 
if Deja Kelly can get back cranked up, if Usbys can get her game going, and if, if we can really kind of see well, where this team is going and how they're going to continue to, to develop throughout the year. Because UNC, they don't have a bad record. They're 12-4. and four. Yeah. They're right in there. But I don't want them to take and, you know, get a couple of losses in a row and then drop out of that top 25. And, you know. They're just now getting back in it. Exactly. So, yeah, y'all got to put together a nice little run in games right here. Yeah, hey, listen. Give me. give me, hey, hey, uh, Put this out for me. Who you got winning that game? UNC, Florida State. Um, I don't know much about Florida State's women's program right now. Uh, Michaela Thompson's averaging 13.4. Um, it's it's going to be hard to say depending on what team shows up for Carolina. Right. Uh, especially after coming off last game, they struggled to put the ball in. Um, I'm going I'm to go with them, though, uh, just because I don't think they have two games in a row. Where they shoot that poorly. Right, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Drop a score for me right quick. Uh I'ma go UNC seventy eight, Florida State sixty seven. All right, we'll check it out and see what it looked like. Now, check this out. This next thing we're about to talk about, everybody knows it was taken, it was taken by surprise, and we're talking about college sports as a whole, even more so college football and we know uh, what the situation is as far as uh, what we know. Nick Saban retires. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody, this came out of left field, man. It wasn't even, it was totally unexpected. You know, we seen what they did when it came to the college football playoffs. We know the history of Nick Saban and how great of a coach he is, but man, the Alabama program and the way that it's going and the direction and everything is happening. You give me your thought process, man, on this uh, Nick Saban retiring from college football. Big, big loss for the sport. Uh, big loss for the sport. Probably the greatest college football coach of all time. His resume speaks for itself. Um, and, it, and like you said, it came out of nowhere. Last time we talked about Nick Saban retirement, he was telling us it's no time soon. Um, what changed, though? It, it just got to be something he just seen. It, it got to be he was just comfortable enough to walk away from the game. Just, uh, But Deion Sanders came out and made a statement of the changes to the game has ran away to go. All of the transfer portal nonsense, all of the opting out of bowl games, um, even maybe the college football playoff, how they go about that with the committee and things as such. Um, it... it Changing the SEC. You know, all these changes are happening now. Maybe it was just his time to go. Maybe, it's, you know, he's saying the change is coming. It's not the way he, you know, it's not what he was used to in his 16 years, 17 years. Um, and maybe he just didn't want to deal with it. Right, right. So, um, I don't even know where to even start us. Who would replace him? Because you know how elite uh, Alabama's football team and their program is, man. And didn't a couple people decommit now now that he's um, not going to be there? Uh, the only one I've heard of was their five-star wide receiver, Ryan, Ryan Williams. Has de- He decommitted as soon as the news came out. How far do you see the Alabama team dropping before you know they get back to where they need to be? Because with this type of situation and the head coach deciding to retire, you know uh, Alabama was always in the conversation. It might not be that way this next go around. This will show was it Nick Saban or was it the, the roster? The roster is still going to be there, even though he is. We'll probably see a couple more people decommit down the line. I don't think it'll be. Uh, enough. I don't think it'll be a total change of just everybody wanting to run away from Alabama. Um, I do think you do lose some people who came there strictly to play for Nick Saban. Um, 
But like I said, you that that roster is still gonna be one of the best as far as who you were able to bring in. Um, you got to get the right guy. They they didn't waste any time getting on the phone and contacting Oregon's head coach Dan Lane, who had some great years uh, these past couple of years with Bo Dix had some success. Um, so it, I think they're going to go in the direction of that. Uh, who has had success in around the nation? Um, it's just going to be interesting to see, and hopefully they figure it out soon. I know they can. I know they said seventy two hours. They want to have a coach in place uh, because you do got to get you got to get ahead of the decommits. You got to get ahead of the guys wanting to transfer out now. You got to get him in front of these players and get his message or what he sees this team going forward. Uh, you got to hurry it up, though. So, uh, do you feel that the Alabama would be in a bowl game next season? Definitely a bowl game. Definitely a bowl game. Um, I don't see them competing for that SEC title next year, though. Mm-hmm. I don't see them doing that. Who rises to the top in the SEC then? Oh, it's Georgia's to lose. Mm-hmm. It'll be Georgia's to lose now for for the four coming. You know, for but you, you got Texas who's joining the SEC. Um, so it's 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 other people, it's other teams who could possibly make some noise. Um, we got to see what they're doing. You know, they got Quinn Ewers, they got Arch Manning. Um, Texas is a threat. Uh, it's just. That that right now is Georgia's conference. I got you. I feel you. You know we're gonna have to keep our eyes on it. It's still a, a dynamic and moving type situation and everything, especially with Nick Saban and, and how great he's been and his replacements and what's kind of coming up from that. So you know we're gonna we're gonna report on it when we get it. All right, check this out. Next up, you know we're gonna have to chop up these games and developments in the association, baby. It's so much going on in the NBA. You know we're gonna have to talk about it. Give us a minute. Be right back. Hey, 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 it's us. We back. Check this out, D, my man. Kawhi Leonard got a new contract. <laughs> what that mean? Uh, they see, they're going to try to keep these these three, four guys together. Um, who was the three and who was the four? <laughs> uh, you know, Kawhi. They're going to try to keep Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Harden, and Russell all together. Um, they, they, they figured it out. They're on a great win. Uh, I want to say 19 or 20, something like that. Um, it looked like they figured it out. And I don't want to say they're the team to beat, but out west, I do think they're going to be the biggest threat. Okay, so check this game out. The the the, the L.A. Clippers beat uh, Toronto Raptors one twenty six to one twenty. Now l- let me uh, go down what the Clippers did this night. Paul George twenty nine, Kawhi Leonard twenty nine, Zubac twelve, Harden fourteen, Man fourteen, Powell fourteen. That's your starting five plus one, okay? <laughs> your boy Westbrook, you know, he gave him six points in fourteen minutes. It is what it is in that. But like you say, they're the team to beat now. That chemistry done come together. It's time to mesh. And this is what it is. We should expect them at the end of the day, you know, when it counts the most and that trophy is at stake. Yeah, you, you should. Because um, I do like what Minnesota's doing right now. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard for me to see somebody competing with them in a seven-game series, especially playing the way they've played as of late. They're, they're just – they got too many options. And outside of James, they all play 
not great defense. They play decent enough defense to where they make it a problem for you. Right, right. I got you. Now, while we while we right here at it, they did play the Toronto Raptors and everything, okay? So let's get this R.J. Barrett update. Now, this game, he had 24 points. Man, quickly had 25. Now, Schroeder, he had 22, and we don't really expect him to do that because he's more facilitated and he passes the ball. Uh, but it seems to me, even though they lost this game by six to the Clippers, man, they figuring it out now, you know, because it seemed to me like R.J. Barrett, is he, he's more comfortable with where he's at and then we told you about that diamond and rough utilizing quickly and putting him in the starting lineup. How you feel about this Toronto Raptors team now? Um, I think they feel good with this loss. Uh, they didn't have Pascal, who is their number one option. Um, RJ is he has came along great since he uh, touched down in Toronto. He's had some of his best games. Um, uh, and we talked about quickly. He's he was that diamond and rough in this trade. I think both this trade was a win-win for both teams. Both teams got what they necessarily needed out of it. Um, it's just going to be can the Raptors kind of right the ship that because they're saying that 16 and 15 and 23. It's just going to be can they right the ship quick enough to yeah. make a run later in the season. Right. It seemed to me, I, I, I'm trying to figure out, did, did, did R.J. Barrett see uh, the writing on the wall or, or was it just he was just, just been in, in, inspired and just has a new outlook on things now because he is in a new location because he wasn't producing like this for the New York Knicks, man. Is it just a fresh start, new beginnings? Because he's really like... I mean, he's a threat now, offensively. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just that I said it, though. You can feel rejuvenated just when you get out of. Uh, and I don't know what was going on in the locker room. You know, it's things like that that we don't know about. Uh, so it could have been some some a toxic relationship behind the scenes. Uh, we know about Coach Tibbs, his history of rubbing people the wrong way. People not really seeing eye to eye with his philosophies and things like that. So maybe that's just what it was. He needed a new he needed a new start, and he's back home. He's back in Canada, probably closer to family and friends. Um, so that it, it probably makes it an easier transition for him. And now he's, you know, getting a bigger role as well. You're not playing behind Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Right. It's going to be so interesting to watch, man. And the development of quickly, man, I'm still going to take and keep a close eye on that one, man, because he seems so much more comfortable now, man. Just playing, seeing like he can play his own game with 25 points this night. And, it, you know, it's like he's been given the green light and he's ready to ball. Yeah, with that Jalen Brunson move, he was the odd man out. Right. He was the odd man out. And like he, this is big for him because now he has a chance to prove what he can do. And maybe Toronto's not the final landing spot for him. But he can, you know, he can put some nice film on tape. Right. That makes sense. See where it goes from here. Absolutely. Okay, check this out. The Warriors' woes continue, man. The Warriors got mollywhopped by New Orleans, man, 141 to 105. Listen, uh, Draymond Green, he didn't play this game. It is what it is. But my whole thing about it is, you can just look at these games. You can look in the face of Steph Curry, and you can see the frustration just boiling over. And Curry's a quiet guy, man, but it's like he talked about identity. He talked about everything he could about this team, man. And I, and like I said, what in the world? Where they going, man? Because this this right here, this rabbit hole is deep. Yeah, uh, it's a bad situation, and I don't see it getting fixed just by guys changing their attitudes. 
You get what I, I don't think it's something that you can fix within this locker room. Um, a move has to be made. It's it's too far gone. And then you got people coming out um, openly saying how frustrated they are. Clay Thompson admitting how he's fell off. Um, and then talking about how he doesn't care about the fans booing you. I get what he meant, but you should care. You you should care. These are your fans. These people have supported you throughout all these times. They you you you, you should care. It's something that should bother you. Um, you got Stephen Curry. It's only so much he can do. Um, and then on nights like this, when he only can put up fifteen, this is exactly what's gonna happen to you guys. Right, and it just seemed to me, man, and I'm because Moody he had twenty one off the bench. Jackson Davis had tw- uh, nineteen off the bench. Okay, and, and it's like you can't can't get this line upset. Can't, can't figure it out. Steve Kerr just can't figure it out. He just he's just lost in the sauce, baby. He yeah. can't figure out the lineup, man, because it, it, it's just it's just a bad situation all the way around. But it's things like people were screaming about. Um, Kaminga's role and things like that. It's not like he comes out every night and plays consistently. Mm-hmm. This night he was only able to give you 12. But Steve Kerr did make an adjustment as far as giving some of these younger guys chances. Now, was it because it was a blowout? I'm not sure. I didn't watch the game personally. But you got to start integrating some of these younger guys into the lineup. Finding a way to make it work. Right, and seeing what you got. Now, listen, uh, the Pelicans, they scored 141 this night. Uh, Zion, he had 19. Uh, Ingram, it was a slow night for him with only 13, okay? But but you had Balachunas, he had 21. C.J. McCullough, 14. And Jones, 12. And, hey, Mer- Trey Murphy, the third, man, 16 off the bench. That that was pretty nice. Uh, team gelling a little bit more when it comes to the Pelicans now, kind of figuring out a little bit more, yeah. even though they played against a struggling Warriors team. But it just seemed to me like uh, Zion is a little bit more settled, at least at this moment in time. Yeah, it looks like they've kind of calmed down um, and just trying to play a full, a full game of basketball now. Uh, they do got a lot of pieces on this team that you that could work for them. It's just trying to figure out where to place them. Um, but this is a good this is a good sign. Even against a, a struggling team, uh, your whole team was able to contribute something. Right. Um, and it's always a good thing when it comes to that and everything, when everybody can contribute. Because, like you say, if you can uh, find a different matchups, find different lineups, uh, find a, a different, um, you know, more uh, chemistry uh, with your other players that's on there, then it gives you more options, you know, as the season goes on. Yeah, and every game's not the same. You know, some guys, uh, sometimes you do need to bring in somebody off the bench to give you that spark. And now you know you got some of those guys that can do that for you. Right, exactly. Well, check this out. Now, the uh, the Bulls played uh, the Rockets, okay? Uh, the Bulls won 124 to 119. Now, uh, Zach Levine, he had uh, uh, started this game, uh, but he has been coming off the bench a little bit. Uh, what's that move about? Because I know he's been in trade talks, but why would you even bring him off the bench and everything now? Why why, why would the Bulls make that move? Uh, just trying to see what they got. Honestly, that's the only thing I can see. Trying to see what they got as when Zach Levine's off this team. Because I think that's the end goal here. I think that's pretty much already been established. And he won't end this season on the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. So Where do you think he'd be going then? Um, somebody who's willing to give up enough. Uh, somebody who's willing to give up enough. That's the only thing I can say. And they got to be a team who has it to give without it taking away too much from the team. 
Will you do you think he'll be a, a true difference maker? Because we kind of discussed this a little bit before. Because it seemed to me like he's a, a pretty a decent player, but on a, a bad team. Yeah. Now he had twenty five this night and everything. Kobe White, you know, he gave him thirty, and DeRozan nineteen. But you know, we kind of talking about Zach right now. You know, because will he really truly make a difference? Yeah, I mean, having a score the caliber of Zach Levine is always going to help your team. It makes the defense have somebody else to respect. And that's what I mean by somebody who can give up enough but not hurt their team. You can't give up one of your stars to get Zach Levine. You got to have a combination of some nice um, role players who are young, you know, who are young but also have some draft. You know, it's going to be a mix of things like that. Give him some youth. Give him an established role player, something like that. And hopefully you can have some draft picks to sweeten that deal up. Right. And it's looking at me like you say, like you put it on tape. He had a double-double this night with 13 rips. They had to go into overtime to get this done. But we can see, who, like you said, who's willing to give it up and who's not. Now, when you think about it, the taking the Boston Celtics, they still smoking red hot, but they had to go into overtime to beat them T Wolves. Uh, Celtics put it out one twenty seven uh, to one twenty. Uh, and when you look at that and everything, man, listen, Jalen Brown with thirty five, Tatum with forty five, but uh, you know they didn't get too much more out of their starters. Uh, the big two. If you shut them down, can't you shut this team down? The Celtics. Um, that's not even given night though. It's not any given night. We've we've seen this team give you seven, eight people in double digits. It was just one of those nights where these guys was hot and the rest of the team didn't really have to do much. Uh, now, this isn't ideal. You don't want this to be the case. Um, but they, it just shows how much they're capable of doing. They can go out there and win the game with just these two. But also, where Pete, when Kristaps is out there, uh, when Derek White's getting up and down, when... Um, you know, Peyton Pritch is knocking down threes. Sam Hauser has had some big games early on. I remember just saying, who is he? Uh, yeah, right, so, exactly. So I'm not concerned about this type of game where they take over. Um, now, you were saying you was taking you, – you like the T-Wolves, don't you? Yeah. Look real nice, don't you? Anderson, he had 17. K-Towns, 25. Uh, Edwards, 29. Uh, Alexander Walker, uh, 15, and Reed, 19, man. That is uh, good offensive productivity. They got they got their they got their guy in Anthony Edwards. Right. Cat has now looks way better as the second option. This game, also, you feel good about because you guys are a defensive identity team and you lost your defensive identity player mm-hmm. in Rudy Gobert this game. He wasn't there. And you only lost this game by seven. In overtime, and it took forty-five and thirty-five. <laughs> you get what I was saying, right? You're not mad at this loss. You're still sitting atop of the Western Conference, um, and like I said, once you get Rudy back, you, in your eyes, you pick up right where you left off. Uh, so I would be, and the fact that you can compete without one of your bigger pieces of what you guys are trying to do shows you are in a good, you're in a good spot. Right, absolutely. Listen, now check this out. Now, if anybody should be walking around with gasoline draws on, it needs to be the head coach for the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, what are we doing? All right, so the Hornets lost to the Kings uh, 98-123. to 123. Now, I think the game before, they did win one game against them, but then this inconsistency, man, has got to stop. I'm trying to figure out, 
why at least he don't act this way but his job i mean listen his coaching seat should be smoking red hot right now as far as smoke should be coming out of every section of that thing man because he's not getting it done and i do know about the lineup we've talked about it time and time again and everything but i still think there's a situation where you can put this roster together and they should be winning more games because like what we had discussed before Lamella Ball is not the only player on this team. Uh, it just shows that we're not where we thought we were. Even with even with Lamella Ball, even with getting Miles Bridges back, even with picking up Brandon Miller. If if we take out Lamella Ball and this is the result, we're not a good team. Just point blank, period. We're not a good team, and we don't have a coach who can put us in a position to win any game with anybody. You get what? You can have those coaches who it don't matter who's on the court for them; they can find a way to win a game. Um, we don't have any of that. When you lose Lamelo, when you lose Mark Williams, uh, PJ first off has been disrespected this whole season by you know his the role that we have sat saddled him with. Um, he didn't play his game. Uh, we don't have Gordon Hayward. It, it's hard to imagine us winning anything. Honestly, just where the team is right now, it's hard for me to imagine them being a competitive or even a competent team. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like even in the offseason and preseason and all of this is kind of going on, they didn't know whether or not they was going to take and get uh, uh, Miles Bridges even back. Didn't know really what the circumstances was. They did get him back. He contributed 24 points this game. Imagine taking those 24 points away. It it would have looked even worse. So it, it's still a situation now that just can't get right. Yeah, just cannot figure it out, man. And that's all it is. I don't think we have the roster, honestly. But also, it's not a good thing when we don't have the coaching either. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, then. Well, moving on. You know we're on Wimby Watch. We love Wimby Watch, man, okay? We love it. They won this game against Detroit, 130 to 108. It's to be, you know, that's cool. We understand that part of it. I just like the fact of Wimby triple-double, 16 points, 10 assists, 12 rebounds, man. He's still developing, and he's looking good out there, man. So how you feel? You think Pop got this lineup looking a little bit better? Wimby, he's more comfortable as what we have discussed before, and now he's really taking He's like, I'm going to go ahead. It's time for me to make my stance and put my stamp on this league. I'm here. Yeah, uh, I think that little not winning rookie of the month thing woke him up just a little bit. Uh, it was that I know I'm better than this. You know, um, and then having a, that healthy competition of having the person, having somebody like Chet Holmgren, uh, in the league, yeah, who's doing pretty much the same thing as you. Um, now this game, great game by him. The the triple double in only twenty one minutes, great game. Pop, great adjustment by allowing Trey Jones to be your point guard. That that fixed a lot of the issues for your team. Um, you, we're not still. We don't still expect you guys to win a bunch of games, um, but winning these games that you're supposed to win is a good start. It's a good start, and you got you go down the line. You got what eight people in double digits. Right, on this team tonight. Mm-hmm. Great game. Just a great game all the way around. 
And I love it, baby, because you know we're going to stay on women's watch. He's so exciting to, uh, to, uh, to watch play, and we know he's going to continue to develop. Now it seems like you can see the development because why do I say that? Because now he's finding those little small things on how do I stay motivated? What goals do I need to go for? How can I contribute more to this team? How can I put more of my stamp on this team when I'm out there on the court? I'm seven foot and I'm ready to play. Yeah, and I think it's that. I think they had to have a sit down and they talked about it and it was it was I'm gonna let me lead you guys. Right. Let me lead this team. And I think everybody's just accepting the fact that it is his team. It's his team and we only go as far as he takes us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know we're gonna keep a close eye on it because we always on Wimby Watch out here. Listen, now listen, the the Trailblazers are just a bad team, man. Okay, let's just call it what it is. The Trailblazers are just a bad team. When you look at it, man, uh, Scoot Henderson, he only had eight points uh, this game. Uh, the the Knicks won one twelve to eighty four. Uh, what's what's going on with the up and downness of Scoot Henderson, man? It, it seems like it's one of the um, the draft picks that it just ain't really panning out. Can't figure it out, man. Yeah, it is something that it's 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 hard. It's hard because he comes out and he has a, a great game, and then he comes out a game later and puts up a stinker. Um, and then it's just uh, Chauncey Billups has to figure out what he's doing out there. Uh, you got a guy like Shaden Sharp who is a big part of your future. Um, he's coming off your bench and he's only getting 22 minutes. I don't think that's a recipe to be winning anyway. Um, especially when you get, get what, number – Three pick overall in, in the draft is not playing with. Right. Uh, your best player right now is Anthony Simmons, and that's not great. Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant cannot be your two best players if you're trying to compete for anything. Do you think the stage is too big for school, or you think you're going to eventually figure it out? I just think the game is a lot different than what he's used to. Um, he's an athletic. You know, his game's based around athleticism, based around. Uh, I can I can beat you to a spot. I can beat you to the rim. I can get up quicker than you. Things like that. You're not able to do that as frequently in the NBA. Everybody's athletic. You on tape, baby. Everybody's athletic, man. You gotta figure out the small things, the the getting to the spots, the one dribble pull ups, the the making the right passes, the coming off pick and rolls, making the right reads, taking advantage of mismatches, things like that that he just hasn't figured out. He he only plays the game one way. He has to figure out how to get it in multiple different ways. Right, right. And then maybe at that point in time, he his game will be more developed. Because you can't play one way and not have a, a, a an alternate way to uh, make that necessary adjustment to con- uh, con- uh, to contib- continue to contribute to your team. Yeah. If you play one way all the time, that's going to get shut down quickly. It's easy to make adjustments. Right. Now, listen, uh, let's not forget that the, the Knicks, they did win. And it seemed to me like uh, the Knicks are having their winning ways right now. That OG Anjanobi, that trade seemed to be working out. He had 23 this night, Randall 20. Uh, Bronson, he only had 12. Uh, so on a slow night when Jalen, he's pretty much your premier scorer, uh, listen, he was able to get help. How you feel about that OG Arginobi t- um, type situation uh, with the Knicks? It don't really matter how I feel. Five and those since the trade says everything that you need to know. Mm-hmm. Says everything you need to know. I wanted to talk to you about it again because you remember yeah. how you said you need to see a couple more games. We need to figure out what was going on and everything now. So now when you talk about the Knicks, they winning. Yeah, they, <laughs> they've, they've, catapulted, they've catapulted themselves into serious Eastern Conference threats. 
they can match up against a lot of those top teams. Now, do they have the depth to go up against a Bucks team? I mean, up against a Celtics team? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But when you get to those Bucks, those 76ers, the Heats, the teams like that, I think the Knicks now have put themselves right in that mix. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And like I said, it's 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 a it's a wonderful type situation, man, when you just think about that, uh when a trade works out, uh, because we know we had a little bit of question when it came to that Bucks trade. It was like are are they gonna be able to jail? How long will it take for them to jail with Giannis and, and Dame? See with OG, it, see the difference between that one, Dame is such a big name, such a big personality and his game is so all dominant. That's what the questions was against the Bucks with OG. He's even when he was one of the better players in Toronto, he did it as a role player type of game. I'll sit in the corner and wait to get my shot. I'll come down and just guard your best player and make it hard for him. He's fine with not having the spotlight be on him. And that's perfect because the spotlight's not going to be on you. It's still Jalen Brunson's team and we understand who Julius Randle is. He's going to make you say his... You know, he's going to make you notice him. Um, so I just think that's the perfect trade for them. They they unbagged. They got away with some of that baggage with the R.J. Bear situation. They probably would have wanted to keep Emmanuel quickly just to have that option off of the bench, but... The benefit of bringing in OG Ananobi outweighed that. Choice. Right. And we see the results. 5 and 0 since you can't the trade. argue with it. Exactly. Can't argue with it. Now, you know, we, we, we got to talk about this before we move on, man, about this right here. The Lakers situation, man. Okay. The Lakers head coach is like he's grasping for straws. Uh, now they're talking about D low, possible trades. We had already mentioned about that earlier, man, and not the misjudge, the Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, you taking, you have LeBron James, he frustrated. Anthony Davis, he putting all his points on the board and on the line, he frustrated. Uh, you taking, you know, defense is a question. Lineups can't figure it out. Man, wh- what's happening, man? Talk to me about the Lakers and, and just they state of what they're in right now? Um, just in being the Lakers, man, I understand why, but just media coverage makes it so hard. Uh, they're doing things that's not really helping chemistry and things like that. By D'Angelo Russell did an interview right after the end season tournament. That interview is now resurfacing since he's been benched and things like that, but it's not, they're taking it out of context. That's not what he was talking about. He, he wasn't talking about being benched. He was talking about how just he's being utilized um, versus what he knows he can do. Um, things like that. Uh, it's just, I, I don't want to give up on Darvin Ham, you know, because he did do a great job last year getting us to the Western Conference Finals. But you got to figure something out. You got to figure something out. Um, and I don't know if it comes with a drastic change in the lineup, uh, but we've, We've seen, and also, the irky-jerkiness has to stop. The, the, the I'm going to start you one game, uh, great, we needed you to win this game, you did your thing. You're saying D'Angelo Russell is bigger, you know, is a bigger problem that we're missing him than the Heat missing Jimmy Butler. So, but then he only comes out and you give him 17 minutes. He not that big of a you know he right. must not be that big of a factor of us winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's things like that. You just got to match up what you're saying with the actions that you're putting on the court. 
Yeah, I got you. Listen, when you look at this situation and everything that's going on, all right, the next game up for the Lakers uh, is the Suns. The Lakers is at 500 right now, okay, 19-19. Suns are only one game above 500 with 19-18. But you know, when you think about the Lakers, man, they are who they are as far as a big team. The Lakers is spotlight material. Hollywood, baby. You know, so you you know you're gonna this heat is gonna come with it. Uh, but you're gonna have to be able to adjust and, and kind of make this thing happen. Uh what do you think uh needs to go on with this matchup and everything that's about to take place between the Lakers and the Suns on how they can kind of right the ship? Because the Lakers is not losing, 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 and winning, winning, winning. It's just a such a smorgasbord. It's just a, a, a big pot of stew. There's no consistency there. So how can they get it right tonight? Um, come out, you know, we, we know what LeBron and AD is going to have to do. Um, it's going to be, Cam Reddish is going to have to play the game he played against the Raptors. He was four for seven, four for six from three. Great game. Take advantage of the shots you get. Torian Prince, four for eight, two for six. You need to stay, and I, I, maybe we've been wrong about Torian Prince because I've seen a stat that said he's shooting 45% from three. <laughs> Okay. We can't beat that. Right. We can't ask for much more than that. Right. We need to see it, though. <laughs> got to see the points I got to actually floor. see it. I, I ain't seen it. Right. That's the stat cool. But I ain't seen it. Um. So, it's going to be that. He has to knock down his shots and, and give us that effort as far as on the defensive side of the ball. Austin Reeves has to be efficient. He was 3 for 10 last game, 1 for 6. He has to be more efficient. Um. Other than that, Defend hard. I think we got to force some turnovers, uh, things like that. And then LeBron and AD have to do what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Keep up what they've been doing. Um, we can't have a stinker like LeBron put up, I think, two games ago. Uh, but they also have been the most consistent on the team, though, as far as when you think about them productivity. You know, they have had some ups and down nights and everything, but I think they're still giving up pretty much everything that they can give. Oh, yeah, they, the situation. They're, still a, they're still a duo, one of the best duos in the league. Yeah. Uh, but it's that, that supporting cast has to be more I don't, And that's the thing. I'm not mad at the supporting cast. I mm. still think they're a very good team of play, very good group of players. Y'all, Because even Christian Wood had an appearance 14 points off of 5 for 10 it knocked down 2 threes right get more consistent in having these type of games I got you makes 100% uh, sense to me man and listen uh, before we go and everything in other news listen the Panthers don't want nobody the Carolina Panthers don't want nobody talking to their DC they blocking those talks Uh -uh. baby the goal is the goal is to because he we're, we did the right thing now <laughs> we are interviewing him for this head coaching job okay so we did do because I, I was wondering I ain't never seen his name come up as far as people that we are interviewing and in, in his candidates they finally announced that they are interviewing him for the head coaching job now the goal is if we don't feel comfortable with moving him up to that head coaching job or one of these offensive coordinators don't want to come in as strictly an offensive coordinator. The goal is to keep him. We still have him under contract. So we're not just going to let him walk out the door. Like, that's the thing. People, we had a top five defense this year as far as yards allowed. We can't let that just walk out the door. We did that already with Steve Wilkes. Right. We can't do that no more. We got to keep something. And like I said, the last this job is for a head coach is going to be building this offense from scratch. We don't want to have to build the defense up either, or not build it up, but have to 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Integrate a new playbook, integrate a new system on that side. Something has to stay intact. Because the defense is working. And that's the thing that I think needs to be intact. Whether it's promoting the head coaching job or keeping him as the, he has to be on this staff. And some and as well as Chris Tabor. I think he has to end up he has to stay on this staff as well. Um it's just gonna be uh I'm I'm interested to see which way we go. Right. Um now I have as far as that head coaching spot, I got a new favorite. Okay, talk mind. to me. Um it's between two guys for me right now. Eddie Everell, our DC, and Ben Slowick, the offensive coordinator from the Houston, Texas. Hmm. The reason why, seeing what he's done with C.J. Stroud, and that wasn't even his guy. Slowick wanted Bryce Young in Houston. Very interesting. So it, 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 it's kind of that thing of we've seen he can adjust because obviously he was planning on having Bryce. Didn't get Bryce. Quick to adjust and put C.J. Stroud in the right position, and we've seen how well that's worked out. Now give him the quarterback he planned on having anyway. Why won't I expect it? I know the situation is different. I know we don't have that roster intact. We don't have the pieces around Bryce Young right now. Give him a full offseason, and I'm pretty sure he knows what players he's going to need to run the system he wants to run for Bryce. Is he looking for a head coaching job? Is he on the short list for the Carolina Panthers? We we asked to interview him, uh, so we'll be talking to him. We'll at least give him a shot. We'll talk to him. Uh, I think the job will be um I think the job will be up for him. The Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, um, I think he's leaning more towards Washington because I think he came out and said he likes Drake May and Jaden Daniels and they do have that number two pick. They they're already they're kinda in a better situation offensively with the weapons that they have out there. So that job is more it's more attractive. Right. Um but I really think we got we we got something here. We just need to get the right guy. Absolutely. In that head coaching spot. You know we're gonna keep our eyes on it, right? Another thing though, Bill Belichick officially gone. Uh him and the Patriots have officially decided to part ways. So now it's gonna be that's another thing that be that we're gonna have to look out for. Where will Bill Belichick land and where will he end up? And this whole coaching carousel. You know we're going to take and uh, talk about it, man, and figure out what it is and where they at. You know what I mean? And then also, you know, as, uh, we don't want to leave out Pete Carroll. He was a great coach yeah. as well. He still wants to coach, but they say, hey, we'll put you somewhere in the front office yeah. in there. You're still part of the team. You just ain't on the field. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he said he's cool with that. Right. Uh, he, just, he wants to be a part of the organization. You're right. And I think he will continue to be. Hey, everybody. Hey, listen. <laughs> we loved it. We was glad we was able to bring it to you today. We would like to thank everyone for listening today. Please join us again on our next episode of the Donald and Donald Podcast. Yes, sir. Don't miss it, people. Please remember to drink your water and don't forget to stretch. And don't stress when. Just know that your win is coming. See y'all next episode. Double D.